Okay, let's go and begin our discussion of Parshas Bahar and Parshas Bechukosai, the last uh, last installment of Sefer Vayikra, the third of the five Chazaks. As we uh, gear up, as the Gemara says in Masechah's Megillah, we lane the two Tochachas, the two uh, curses, set of curses in <coughs> in the Torah, Kisavo and Bechukosai. We always lane that, the Shabbos before the Shabbos before Shavuos, and the Shabbos before the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah. So Kisavo is always two weeks before Rosh Hashanah, and Bechukosai is always two weeks before Shavuos. Kodesh Baruch doesn't want to scare us so much right before the Yantif. So he gives us the message, and then we have time to uh, think about it, we have time to to, uh, to mull over it. So that's why this week is the Torah, then we have one week off, uh, not off, Parshat Midbar, and then we get into Chag, the Chag of Shavuos. Okay, so now, though, we have the double Parsha of Bahar and Bechukosai. Says Rav Zevin, source number one, Whenever we have a double parsha, there's always a reason for it. Nothing is is happenstance and coincidence in Judaism. If it was just because that's the order of the parshas, after other parshas could have been put together, right? We could have had, could have had oh, it's Emor Bahar the Shabbos. Right, it's uh, Mitzora and Achrei. But no, there are certain parshas that go together. Achrei Mos Kedoshim, Bahar even one Chukas Balak only in Chutzlaritz is together and not in Eretz Yisrael. So there are various parshas that go together. Answer of Zevin. Af Bahar B'chukosai Yeshlam Kesher Zemzeh. What's the message of Bahar B'chukosai? HaKesher Hu Bahar Sinai Nitnu Kol B'chukosai. It's a sentence. Behar Bichukosai. On the mountain, on Har Sinai, that's where all the Chukim came from. Behar Bichukosai. Yes, we know Shemitah, the beginning of the Parsha, but it's not just Shemitah. Koachukim Heme Har Sinai. Vikfar Amru Chachamim. Ma'in Yishmitah Har Sinai. Chazal even asked, right? Rashi quotes at the beginning of the Parsha. What, what, what's the connection? Why Dafka Shemitah? Ella. Kishem Shashmita Klalosefra the Sat Nemr Basinai, like Chazal say, just like Shmita, all its general rules and details were given at Harsinai, Afkala Mitzvos Nemru, Klalosean, Uprotosean Basinai. So to every mitzvah, all the details were given at Harsinai, that's Bahar Bukhukosai. On the mountain we got everything. Umayitaranime Harsinai, continues Rav Zevin. What's the godless then? The importance that it was all given at Harsinai. Why do we have to know that? Why is that important for us? The fact that we categorize them as chukim coming from Har Sinai, that means they're eternal. That means there's never changing based on a certain time in history, based on a certain society. We don't ask. Uh, for reasons. We can't always know reasons for all mitzvot. We can't always reach the level of those who delve into the depths of the reasons of the mitzvahs. Sometimes we have a reason and it's not a, such an objective reason. We make up our own reason. It might not be the true reason. So the fact that they are called chukim, which we know usually categorizes mitzvahs that don't have a reason, Bahar, Bukhukosai, they all came from Harsinai. But then Rav Zevin continues and says, it's not just what we call Chukim either. Skip a couple of lines, even though we generally think and categorize the mitzvahs into two categories one of Chukim, without reasons, and one of Mishpatim, with reasons, says Rav Zevin, line 21, Elisha Be'emes, Gambaha Chukim, Yesh Mishpatim. Vigambaha Mishpatim, even in what we call chukim, right, laws like shatnis, laws like basar b'chalav, laws that don't have reasons on the outside, we could also categorize them as a mishpat, and vice versa. Ketzad, how he explains? It looks like a chok to us. There is a divine reason why we have a certain mitzvah. Every mitzvah. We might not understand it, and maybe it's impossible to understand it. But Hakadosh Baruch Hu has his reasons, and therefore even Chukim have a hidden Mishpat element to it inside the mitzvah itself. 
When Mashiach comes, we're going to know the reason for all mitzvahs and we'll appreciate every mitzvah. And on the other way, and even the items, the mitzvahs that we do understand that make sense to us, that are logical. There is an element of chok. Yes, there are reasons that we know of. But why do we do it? We do the mitzvah because HaKadosh Baruch Hu told us. That's not the motivation why we do the mitzvah. Story is told, the Chavis Chaim was once on a wagon and he got to the place where he was going. He and his, and his Shamish was there at the end of the ride. So they get off the wagon and the Shamish of the Chavis Chaim pays the wagon driver. Wonderful. All of a sudden, the Chavetz Chaim is looking at him as the wagon drives away. He's like, he's looking at him like he's upset about something. He says, Rebbe, is everything okay? You, got a, uh, you didn't like the ride? It was, uh, got nauseous? So he says, no. He says, what are you, what are, what are you, you're upset at me? He says, yes. He says, what did I do? He says, what were you thinking when you just paid the wagon driver? He says, what do you mean, what was I thinking? I was thinking, we had a good ride. I paid the wagon driver. I even gave him a little tip, paid him extra, and that's it. Says the Chavetz Chaim. Oh, so, so you were thinking, oh, you have a trip, you have to pay the wagon driver. Were you thinking that you would be Mekayim, the Mitzvah say, of paying your worker on time? Were you thinking that you were Mekayim, not violating the Losa say, of delaying? Were you thinking that you're doing a Maisa Chesed? Were you thinking that you were giving Tzedakah? Were you thinking, that, oh no, this is what you do. Says Rav Zevin, even the Mishpatim have a Chukim element. You just got a haircut yesterday, another post like Lomer. So on the, in the haircut place, a few blocks away from here, he has a sign. These seven mitzvahs, you can be mekayim when you pay me. That's what he has a sign. He has a whole list of all the mitzvahs. Here in the Mizuman, you can think of all the mitzvahs that you, that you, not only when you pay, when you come into the store, all the mitzvahs I say of payas and los say of payas, and the mitzvahs that you do when you pay the worker. Unbe- unbelievable. So all the, all the mitzvahs they pay. But that's from Zevin. Chukim and Mishpatim really overlap. Every Mishpat, we do as a chok, as a Kaddish Baruch Hu said so. Every chok has an inner Mishpat even if it might not be nigla to us. So now, once we rec- go back and say, Bahar Kosai, yes, all the laws were given at Harsinai, Bahar Kosai, but it doesn't just mean what we call chukim. It means all the laws. And the fact that they're all chukim make them eternal. They're not subject to human understanding and therefore maybe they don't apply it in certain eras. Dinim do Raisa are forever. Again, some mitzvahs we can't do. We don't have a base of mitzvahs. You can't bring a, we don't have a mitzvah. You can't bring a carbon. But all mitzvahs theoretically are eternal. Bahar b'chukosai. All comes from our Sinai. Okay, now let's get into some of these mitzvahs. So we have a couple. I think I split it up. A few on Bahar and a few on b'chukosai. Rashi, Perachav Hei, Pasig Yudches. Yudhei Yudches and Parshas Bahar. Right before Shlishi Sheni. Says the Pasig. You shall do my chukim and mishpatim. You shall stay on in the land. You'll be secure. Right? You keep my mitzvahs, you'll be secure in Eretz Yisrael. Says Rashi, Pasig Yudches, V'yishavtem al-Aretz Lavetach, Sheba'avon Shmita Yisrael Golim. The whole first aliyah, what the Torah was referring to before this Pasig is the laws of Shmita. If we don't keep Shemitah properly, Kodesh Baruch Hu sends us into Gaulus. Sheba'avon Shemitah, Yisrael in the Golem. Shenamar, Oz, Tirtzeh Ha'aretz HaShap Soseha, as it says later in the Tochacha, they hurt us HaShap Soseha. Right? We'll get thrown out and then the land will lie fallow. Right? Either we're going to let it lie fallow or there won't be anybody left and then the land will lie fallow. V'shivim shana shal Gaulus Bavel k'neged shivim Shemitah Shabbat Luhayu. There were 70 years of Galos Bavel, the first Galos between the two Batei Mikdash, connected the 70 Shemitos that they were Mavata. That's Rashi. Because of Shemitah, Avon Shemitah, we go into Galos. Asks in the Kamoti Shalal Rav, that's one of the Achronim, Rav Yaakov Chai Zrihen, the Av Bezin in Tveria. What is the connection between Shemitah and Galos? Why is it that you know, we're going to Gaulus for Shemitah. Okay, okay. I want the land to lie fallow. So if you're not going to let it lie fallow, I'm going to let it. Is there something deeper there in terms of the people? Says the Kamosi Shalarav. Manish Tana, Lavzeh Shal Shemitah, Mishar Lavim Shebat Torah. Shadab Golav Nanshu Bonish Chamer Shal Gaulus. So 
He has the following suggestion on line five. Hashviyas mahave hochachalakach shashem yisbarach mashkiach alolamo. As we discussed a little bit last year, the purpose of the mitzvah of Shemitah is to show the farmer and everyone around Kodesh Baruch who's in charge. Kodesh Baruch who's in charge. Shaharei af shaharetz ne'evedes b'chol sheish hashanim. Even though the land has worked for six years, uba'ofan tivi tzricha haisalios chalusha potzas atvua. After six years of labor, the land should be worn out. The land should not produce as much as it, is, as, as it has produced in the past. The Adaraba, he mosifa lasis kochalashalashanim. And yet, what happens? What happens after Shemitah? What's the promise that the Torah tells us? If we don't work the land, Kadosh gives us enough for the year of Shemitah, for the year after Shemitah when things didn't grow yet. If there's a Yovel year, 4953 years, the opposite of what you would expect. Shemitah reflects and shows and proves Hashgach HaShem. Kodesh Baruch Hu is in charge. Kodesh Baruch Hu watches over every single person. Right? Shemitah is only in Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara in Tainus says, Kodesh Baruch Hu has a special eye on the Parnassah of Eretz Yisrael. We discussed it last week also. The Ramban, two weeks ago. The Ramban, the Parshas Achremos. Kodesh Baruch Hu watches over. That's Shemitah. The Adar Abba Himosif Alasiz Kochol Shalashonim V'zeo Mofiz Alashkach HaKodesh Baruch Hu Bolamo. So Shemitah proves Hashem's in charge. Hashem takes care of everything. Says the Kamosi Shalarav, Hochacha no sefes There's another way. Hakadosh Baruch Hu's hashgacha could be shown. Let's say people aren't keeping shemitah. So then, what does Hashem do? Hashem, says, I, I want my hashgacha to be shown in the world. They're not doing it. So I got to figure out another way. Aha, Mahave Am Yisrael, the existence of the Jews. According to natural law, if we think about it naturally, a downtrodden nation throughout the generations in Gullus, how could they survive? How could they survive? How could the Jews survive in Gullus with the Romans and the Babylonians and throughout the generations, the Greeks, the Christians, the Muslims, whoever it is, whatever generation wants to destroy us? Whatever, whatever country, whatever nation. And yet, we're still around. What caused the Jews to get to Eretz Israel in the first place? The fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu protects them wherever they are in the world. The fact that the Jews survive. So when the Jewish people do not keep Shemitah, in Eretz Yisrael. So that type of, hash- that, that mechanism, that vehicle of Hashgach HaDashem is not allowed to function. Kodesh Baruch has to think of another way. This is, not, he, he goes a little bit differently. This is how I'm interpreting it. The Jews in Gaulus. Say the Jews in Tagalus throughout the diaspora. But Kodesh Baruch never forgetting. Shechinta Bagalusi staying with us. So that's the way Hashgach HaDashem is shown. We don't do Shemitah. That's one way the other way, the other avenue of expression is the Jews' survival in Gaulus throughout these thousands of years. We don't even need the Kamosi Shalarov to say this. First time on the Marmakomos, Mark Twain makes it to the Marmakomos. Source number three. Source number three. Mark Twain on the Jews. This is from an article that appeared in 1897 by Samuel Clemens. If the statistics are right, source number three, the Jews constitute but one... Mark Twain was not Jewish. If the statistics are right, the Jews constitute but one quarter of one percent of the human race. It suggests a nebulous puff of stardust lost in the blaze of the Milky Way. Properly, the Jew ought hardly to be heard of, but he is heard of, has always been heard of. He is as prominent on the planet as any other people, and his importance is extravagantly out of proportion to the smallness of his bulk. does not even talk about the ratio and the percentages of all the, the, the prizes and the, the Nobel Prizes and this and that, the percentages of Jews. His contributions to the world's list of great names in literature, science, art, music, finance, medicine, and abstruse learning are also very out of proportion to the weakness of his numbers. He has made a marvelous fight in this world in all ages and has done it with his hands tied behind him. He could be vain of himself and be excused for it. The Egyptians, Babylonians, Persians filled the planet with sound and splendor, faded to dream stuff and passed away. 
The Greeks and the Romans followed and made a vast noise, and they were gone. Other people sprung up, and this is even before the two world wars, where other nations came and went. The Jews saw them all, survived them all, and is now what he always was, exhibiting no decadence, no infirmities of age, no weakening of his parts, no slowing of his energies, no dulling of his alert but aggressive mind. All things are mortal, but the Jews. That's the famous line. All other forces pass, but he remains. What is the secret of his mortality, of his immortality? What's the secret? Hashkach Hashem. who puts us into Gaulus, and Mark Twain realized it. That's the Hashkach Hashem. We didn't do it by the Shemitahs. Hashkach who sent us into Gaulus, Ba'avon Shemitah, Yisrael Golim, that's the Raya. The greatest proof of God are the Jews. Okay, let's get back to some more conventional Marmakamos. Perek Chafhei, Pasik Lamid Vav. As we continue the halachas of uh, Ari Levim, various halachas says the Pasik and Pasik Lamid Hei. Nevchiyamuch Achicha, Umata Yado Imach. If your brother gets poor, Umata Yado Imach, and he, and he, go, he loses his hand, his parnasa vechzaktabo, ger betoshavachayimach. Right, you have to support him to give a give a loan, stuck on the mitzvah stucca in one of its many forms in the Torah. Don't take ribbis from him, something to talk about, not for now. Isra of interest, and you shall fear God. Your brother shall live with you. Let's talk about that phrase for a minute. Says the Gemara in Bo Metzia, it's quoted at the beginning of source number four. Your brother shall live with you. I mean, you live first. Once you're living, your brother shall live with you. Right? That's the famous case in the Gemara that somebody's in a desert and there's only one canteen. One canteen. Who gets the canteen? It's my canteen. So who gets the canteen? So if we split the canteen in half, we're both going to die. If I drink the canteen all myself, then I'll live and he's going to die. So what's the halacha? The halacha is a machlokas there. There. But your life comes first. Keep the canteen, drink the water. Drink the water, that's what one of the Tanoim says. So there's a story also quoted. As I was looking at the Moshe Shalarav, I looked at the next piece, a few pages later. It quotes a story from the Panovich Rebbe about this Pasuk. 1943. There were orphanages in Bnei Brak that the Panavich Rebbe, Rav Kahanamin, was in charge of. And he had all these children that he heard were coming. They were coming to Bnei Brak. There was a big problem. He didn't have where to sleep them. He didn't know what to do with them. Because of the, it was uh, 1943 in, in uh the land of Israel, right? Before the states, you know, there wasn't much, uh, many supplies. Mattress, a pillow. So he didn't know what to do. Two days before the children came. There was a shmua in the streets of Bnei Brak that on the next day, Shabbos afternoon, Yidrosh Harav Mipanovich Meinyana Diyoma. The Panovich Rebbe was going to give, Panovich Rav, was going to give a shir binyana diyoma in the big shul in the city. So everybody comes, Panovich Rav, Bishahi Oda Allah Rabbi Panovich Alabima, the Kushia Chamura Bafif. And he asked the Kasha. He asked the Lamdish Kasha. In the Hilchas Avadim it says, Amru Chazal, Kalakone Ekevet Ivri, Kakona Adon Laatzmo. The Gemara says, if I buy myself a servant, I've really bought myself a master. Why? Because the Gemara continues that we an Evet sometimes is translated as a slave, but in Yadus that slave has a negative connotation. The better translation is a servant. Because if there's only one pillow in the house, the slave is going to get it. Who gets fed first? The servant is going to get fed first. That's not slavery. Right? All the privileges, the rights and privileges of a servant. That's why it's like you're buying a master. He's, you're sleeping on a mattress, he's sleeping on straw? No, it's got to be the other way. And Tosas quotes the Yerushalmi. If there's only one pillow, you've got to give it to your servant. Because if you line it yourself, 
Eino mekayim ki tovlo imach. It says by the Evet, it has to be, he has to be good with you. He's not with you. So there's a halacha in Hilchaz Avadim, says the Panevich Arav, that you have to give your Evet. You have to give to your Evet. We say, okay, nobody's going to have it. So that's not good either. You can't have it because it's not imach with you. You can't just put it away that nobody will have it. So you have to give it to the Evid. And that's what it means, Kakona Evid le Atzma. So ask the Panavich Rebbe, Lechora, line 16. How could, how do you give it to a servant? How do you give it to a servant? Don't we learn from our Pasik in the Parsha that you come first? Right? The canteen. You come first. Chayacha Kodman. So how do you put that together? How do you equate that with the halacha of an Eved? That he gets first. That was his question. What was the answer? Turning the page. Elahu Yishev. The Panavich Arav says, Mistaver. Shahahoralim sola Eved esakar habodeid. The halacha that you have to give your servants the only pillow. It must be that giving your ever the only pillow fits with chayecha kodman. How? You come first, you give your ever the pillow, how does that work? The Torah knows what a Jewish cup thinks. The Torah knows what's going on in the head of every Jew. If I'm in a bed and I know that my servant is lying on the floor, you think I could sleep well that night? You think I could sleep well? If I have guests in my house, if I have guests in my house, not even in heaven, and I know we're short a pillow, I'm going to sleep well that night. If I have the pillow knowing they don't have the pillow, I won't be able to sleep anyway. His conscience, a Jew's conscience, and that's what we have to make sure that we are in the state that the Torah thinks of us. Menucha We want a menucha. So the Torah says, you want a good night's sleep? You want a good night's sleep? Give the pillow away. Chayecha kodman. Your chayim comes first and therefore, give away the pillow. That's, it fits. Then you'll sleep well, a little uncomfortable, but you'll sleep well knowing that he has the pillow. Says the Panovich Rav now in 1943, Baodi tomorrow, we're getting many, many children. Siem Apavi Panovich, Miadi, Rashim, Yehudim, right? Little Jewish heads. Where are they going to put them? Who's going to be able to sleep with their own pillow? If they know that these children don't have pillows, because of Hayecha Kodmin, you got to come and bring your pillows. And the Tzibur got the message, and the Ba'aya was Niftara. So the Pasik says, How does a Jew live? By giving. A Jew lives by knowing that everybody else in the house is taken care of. Okay, so those are a couple of thoughts related to. Bahar, we spoke about the connection between Bahar and Bechukosai. Let's talk for a moment about the name of the second parsha by itself, Bechukosai. Bechukosai, famous Rashi, quoting Chazal. Let's review it for a minute. First pasuk in parshas Bechukosai, in Bechukosai Telechu. If you follow, walk, go in my ways, and you follow my mitzvahs, I'm going to do them. Asks Rashi. The second phrase in the pasuk says, keep my mitzvahs. So keeping your mitzvahs, so what does the first phrase mean? Walk in my ways. Isn't walking in my ways keeping the mitzvahs? So what is the mechukosai telechu? What is that extra phrase? That's mitzvosai teshmoru, says Rashi, havi amelim batorah. She has it twice. Shetiu amelim batorah, amelim batorah. Amelus, hard work in Torah. That's in mechukosai telechu, the extra phrase is saying hard work. Says the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Source number six. The name of the parsha, excuse me, is mechukosai. In other words, line three, this does not refer to the basic requirement to observe the mitzvahs. For that, that's the second half of the verse. I said it the other way. Rather, we learn from here that in addition to basic observance, one should immerse oneself in the mitzvahs with the utmost dedication, toil, toil, amelus. 
So the term Bechukosai represents a higher level of keeping the mitzvahs, where a person uses all of his energy and concentration. Now, says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Chok, Chukosai, which we just established means hard work, not just fulfillment, but working hard. There's another word that's in the word Bechukosai. There's another Shorish, Chakika. What does the verb Chakika mean? Chakika, Wachkok is to engrave. You engrave something, you're chokek it. Chakuk alaluchos. Charust, but it's chakuk. For unlike ink, which is used to write on paper, engraved words are written in stone. The words and the stone become fused into one single entity. That's chakika. Likewise, says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, if a person totally immerses himself into the observance of a mitzvah, amelus patora, that brings a deep connection to the Torah. The harder a person works, that makes the mitzvah and the Torah engraved in me, part of me. He and the mitzvah are no longer two separate entities, but one. Lahavdil, anybody works on a project in any area of life, in a business. If I work on the, if I put my kishkis into something, that's, that project is me. It's part of me. Bechukosai, chakuk, it becomes engraved when we have hard work. The above point that Bechukosai teaches us a lesson about observing all mitzvahs, in the best and most perfect manner is a unique quality which we do not find by the name of any other Parsha. No other Parsha gives us this illusion. Parsha's Mishpatim only speaks about rational laws. All through the many, many mitzvahs of Mishpatim, it's all about Nezikin and Shomrim and all the mitzvahs that make sense. The Mishpatim, as we said before. Chukas, those are the two titles of Parshios that have to do with this this theme, chukas, it's only about one mitzvah. So it's chukas Torah, paradum, achok. So mishpatim is about the rational, the chukim, even though we said before, Rav Zevin, there's a blurring of the lines, but that's about mishpatim, that's about chukim. Only b'chukosai is about everything. Right? All this, this parsha, you have all mitzvah, all different types of mitzvahs. Only parsha b'chukosai teaches us a general message about observing all the mitzvahs in the best possible manner. Thus, ends off the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Bechukosai is a fitting end to the book of Vayikra, a book which stretches the observance of mitzvos more than any other book of the Torah. There's more mitzvos in Vayikra than any of the other five, other four. Right? The end of the Vayikra, emphasize. Mitzvos with all our hearts. Mitzvos with our melos. Bechukosai, it becomes chakuk in us. It becomes part of us. It becomes engraved in us. It's not just a burden we have to do. It's something we want to do and we push ourselves to do it. The same idea said in one line in a different context in the Egle Tal. We quoted this, uh, this Egle Tal, I think, in the past for a different line in this Egle Tal. There in the Hagdama, Revavar Misachachav, in his Sefer on Hilcha Shabbos, the Egle Tal, the first few Malachas, he talks about the mistake that many people make. Many people make a mistake, he says, that they think that the highest level of learning Torah is when I sit there and I hate it and I don't enjoy it and I'm doing it because my Rebbe tells me I have to do it. And I'm doing it because Hashem, I know it's what Hashem wants, but I really hate this. Right? That's the best level. If you like learning, that's not Lashma. So you like it. That's not, that's not the highest level. Says the Sachachav Rebbe, the Egle Tal, there is no greater mistake in the world. That is uh, lines. He says on lines, I'll read it. I've heard some people make this mistake. Regarding learning, the Amru. Somebody learns and is Bechadesh and is happy with his learning. This isn't such great learning. I don't get any enjoyment out of it. It's purely the shame mitzvah. You're learning for yourself, you're not learning for God. Says the Egletal, Ube'emes Zetos Mephorsam. This is a major mistake. The Adaraba, Kizehi Ikar Mitzvos Limanatora. The main aspect of learning is Liosas Visameach Umisanig Bilimudo. To enjoy it, to get a Geschmack out of it. That's what learning's about. That's the high. We have to learn even if we don't. But the highest level is to get a Geschmack. The Oz. And if I enjoy it, and enjoy it means I'm pushing myself and I'm living it. Here's where he says the idea we're looking for. Divrei Torah nivlo'in bidemo. 
the Torah gets absorbed into his blood. If I just do it because I have to and I'm forced to do it, I do it because I do it. It doesn't become part of me. But if I'm sas, um, I'm doing it because I'm so happy to do it. And I'm doing it, I'm putting my whole heart into it. And I'm having hard work. It's hard work and happiness go together here. Then it becomes part of me. It becomes part of me, says the Egletal. Says that's that's the Labavitch Rebbe's Vart. It becomes Chakuk. Bechukosai. If I push myself in it, if I'm happy doing it, I realize the schus, it becomes engraved in me. If it goes into my blood, it becomes part of who I am. And I just gave you the famous, could be the, probably the top five Chafetz Chaims. It's quoted probably at every third seum that you go to. Anu Amelim, Behem Amelim, at a seum. Anu Amelim, Makalim Schar, Behem Amelim, Behem Amelim Schar. Ask the Chafetz Chaim the famous question. What do you mean they don't get Schar when they do a Malacha? Of course they get Schar. Shoemaker gets paid if he fixes the shoes. Says the Chafetz Chaim. He only gets paid if he fixes the shoes. If he spends three hours on it and doesn't fix the shoes, he gets not a penny. The guy comes, picks up his shoes. Sorry, I couldn't fix it. I'm not going to pay him for labor. He didn't fix it. Right? How many, right, you go to a, a car a garage, you know, how many, how many, how much would they get paid per hour? If at the end of the day you come and say, they didn't fix it, well, you're going to pay them? You're going to pay them if they didn't fix it? By Torah, we get paid for the, for the, for the labor. We get paid for the amelus. We get schar for the amelus. Why? Because that amelus already makes it part of us. It makes it into our blood. It puts it, engraves it on our hearts. That's what he says on line 14. Because of the hard work that it's referring to. We could crack our brain to try to figure out a tosis, figure out a ksos, and we could get wrong shot. We go to Shia, we hear, the Rebbe explains exactly what it was. So I wasted my time for three hours? No. I'm going to remember it now. It's part of me. I'm Amel, Amelim, Umakal Mishar. We get schar for the Amelos. That's the name, Bechukosai, Chakuk. Now let's get into one of the brachas. Right, this parsha is famous for its klalas, but let's talk about one of the brachas for a minute. Perach beginning of the parsha, third pasuk, pasuk hey. V'hisek lachem daish as batzir, uvatzir yasek as zara. It'll be so plentiful, the brachas, the early, the early uh, harvest will overlap with the late harvest, and everything will be so, our silos will be full, we won't know what to do with it. We'll have so much food. And you will eat bread until satiation. And you'll sit in security in your land. Rashi? Ochel kima. Rashi says, I'll eat a little bit. And then it'll become blessed in my stomach. So Rashi says, I'll eat a little bit and it'll be blessed in my stomach. What does that mean? What does that mean? Says Rav Yerucham. We're going to roll from last week. So we got another Rav Yerucham. Says Rav Yerucham in source number nine. Small piece. Quotes Rashi. Hinei, second line. They won't be lacking any bread. The beginning of the Pasuk says, What does it mean that they'll eat a little bit and be misbarked with Mayav? The first half of the Pasuk says they'll have tons and tons. They'll have plenty. What's Rashi getting at? It says they'll have tons and you'll eat a little bit. What do you see from here, says Rav Yerucham? To feel full, to feel satiated, is a separate bracha. You can have all the bread in the world, and you won't be satiated. That's a separate bracha. Hakadosh Baruch Hu gives. Daish is batzir fine, and then the next phrase. You should feel satiated. Doesn't matter how much we eat. You could have somebody who has an eating disorder that, even not an eating disorder, they'll keep eating and keep eating and they won't stop. They don't feel full. Right? It's a bracha when we eat and we feel satiated. And if somebody really gets the bracha, they're happy with what they have. 
with the little that they have. Ochel kima mizbarech b'meyev. Ezehu ashir hasameach bechelko. So we know the real, true, rich person is the one who's happy with what he has. I don't know if we mentioned it here. We mentioned it in the Dachyomi Shir a couple of weeks ago. Ashir is Rashi Tevos. Enayim, Shinayim, Yadayim, Beraglayim. Somebody has all their faculties working. Somebody has the basics. That's an Ashir. Ezehu Ashir hasameach bechelko. Ravadi Yosef, in his commentary on Pirkei Avos, in Surah number 10, he quotes a story from a grandson of the Rambam. Grandson of the Rambam. Rabbeinu David Nechad Rambam. Maisa Bish Ani, left side of the page. Shalim Arviach Ma'akadim is an Osaf. Right, there was a very poor person who made a little bit, very tough, but he made a little bit to support his family. V'hayatamit sameach b'masha nasan lo habori yizbarach. But he was always happy with what the Kodesh Baruch Hu gave him. Ma'ato harbeh. Kodesh Baruch Hu, you're the best. You only had a little bit. You didn't have any money left over. Kodesh Baruch Hu, you're the best. U'b'chol layla acharesha haya ochel amanshe beso banav Every night after supper, haya modim l'ashem, amasha hetev lahem. They thanked the Kodesh Baruch Hu. Thank you so much for everything you give us. His whole family sat there. One of his, one of his uh, kids had a guitar, had a harp. The other one was singing. And he was dancing. And they sung and danced. They were so happy. gave them the little bits. But they had a whole kumsis every night. Because the Kodesh Baruch gave them. They were so happy. Then they went to sleep. Wonderful. Why lachas me alelus one night? The melech passed by. Al pesach beitam. Vishamas nigunem. He heard the singing. Right. For for Yelohem. He didn't. He didn't go in to ask what it was. The second night. The third night. Three nights. He hears the the festivities. What's going on here? So now he has to get a look. So he knocks on the door and he sends one of his one of his people in. Line fourteen. He came in front of the king, and the king said, "What's going on? What are you so happy about? How much? What's your paycheck every week?" I'm sorry. I don't really make too much of a living. But you know what? I make a little bit. I support my family. I could put some bread in their mouths. I'm happy with what Hashem gives me. Even though it's a little bit. And that's why I sing every night and have a party. The king says, this guy, he's a special man. He tells the servants, go fill up a bag of gold. Give it to them. Fill up a bag of gold. So he takes, he says, filled up, filled up a knapsack. And line 26, And they took it home. They get home. The poor man gets home with a bag of gold. And they look at the bag of gold when they get home and they realize it's not totally full. The bag of gold wasn't full. The king said, I'm giving you a whole, a whole bag of gold. The bag of gold wasn't full. There was missing a little bit. It's not full. You know what? We better start working. We need a whole... Oh, the bag's not full. What is this? So you don't have a full bag of gold? They're all worried. Why isn't this full? What's going on here? What do we have? We have nothing. They kept whatever pennies they made every day, they started putting it into the bag and trying to fill it up. No more singing, no more dancing, no more Hodul Hashem Kitov, nothing. Line 35, and after a little while, the king again passed by the house. Didn't hear any singing. What's going on here? I gave them a whole bag. It made them even happier. A second night, a third night. Nothing. He says, what's going on here? I wasn't in the parsha. I was happy with what I have. But now I have a little bit. You know what they say? Right? The more we have sometimes, the more we, we lose our senses. And the more we lose the proper ashkafa. It's not getting full. The king says, you know what? I'll do you a favor. The king took away the gold. Back to the first story. To realize what we have, never look somewhere else. 
on two levels. Number one, I think, on a personal level, we can look all around everything that each of us have. I once heard from Rabbi Mordechai Willig, Pazik says in Kisavo, and the other, the other Tochacha, Tachas Hashem Lo'avadah, Hashem Lo'kecha, B'simcha V'tov Le'vav, Me'rov Kol. You don't serve Hashem, B'simcha, Me'rov Kol. You have rove. You don't have kol. Whose life is perfect? If every single mom is kol, rove kol. You have to have b'simcha, may rove kol. So much. Kodesh Baruch gives you so much, may rove kol. So we have to have simcha for. Of course, there are always headaches. Of course, there's always life has to be lived. But may rove kol. Number one, on a personal level. But then also on a national level. We have to realize what a Kodesh Baruch has given us. The ability to have yeshivos. The ability to build Eretz Yisrael, the ability to learn in so many different places in the world, the generation that we live now, right? No other generation since Bayashani has had the privilege and the ability and the chance to learn like we're able to learn and to live like Jews in so many places in the world. So we have to realize, We have to try to do our best to be makapal, the brach of HaKadosh Baruch of Svia, of having what we have, but also recognizing and trying to be satiated with what we have. Okay, two more points for the night. One small one and one uh, little bigger one. Another small point of the Chavetz Chaim. A couple of Chavetz Chaims tonight. It says the Chavetz Chaim, source number 11. Or you can look back in the Pasuk also. The Tochacha goes in stages. It goes in stages. Right? Kodesh Baruch gives us this. And then he says, And if you don't get the message, da, 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 these seven problems. And if you don't get the message, da, 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 it all goes in, goes in stages. There's a minog in Klai Yisrael to read the Tochacha quickly and low. Quickly and low. Right, depending on when Shul is in, how quick and how low. But the post can point out that you want to do it a little quicker, a little quicker. But the point of the Tochacha isn't to get it over with. Okay, the different minhagim, you don't call the person up. You know, he just comes up to get the aliyah. They have a different minhagim. Um, every shul should follow their, their minhag. But the point of the tochacha, as the Chavaz Chaim is about to say, is to get the message of the tochacha. And of course, it's terrible things. We don't want to focus on it. But to read it in a way when half the tzibur cannot hear it. And, half, and the ones that can hear it, they can't keep up. So then that's not the best experience of the tochacha that we're supposed to have. Says the Chavaz Chaim, Yeshnam and what's the what does it say? Then the Chukose Temasu. If you don't listen to my to my reproof, so then you're gonna get this. What's the Tochacha about? Yeshnam and Nashim Shirem in a Tochacha. Says the Chavos Chaim. Some people are scared of criticism, rebuke. Not this Tochacha, but in general. The Yotzim Ibezakne. Oh, maybe here. Yeah, this one. The Yotzim Ibezakne. They leave. They leave the, for the Aliyah. I'm going out here. I'm not listening to this Tochacha. It's, it's too. It's too. It's too scary for me. Swallows the words. They don't correct him. Just finish it. And most of the mispalim don't even hear the kriya. And it's similar in my eyes. Says the Chavetz Chaim. You know what it's like? A Somebody gets warning. Don't go down this road. Don't go down this road. Asher kotzim ubarkanim zruimba. There are thorns. You're gonna get scratched. Vachayos torfos overshon. There are animals. It's, it's a very dangerous road. The guy says, "Don't worry about it. I'll be okay." And you know what? The hechlo dafka bosaderch. He says, "I'm gonna go down that road." And you know what I'm gonna do? Avosam masva al enav leval yira es hamichsholim. You know what? I'll put. I'll just wear a blindfold. I'll be okay. It's dangerous. I'll wear a blindfold. I'll be okay. Says the Chavetz Chaim, the Tochacha. What you go out of shul? We we do it quickly so we don't understand what's going on here. It's like we're going into the what we would we'd rather not know. The point of hearing words of Tochacha from Hakadosh Baruch Hu, or any type of criticism is to try to be open to it, to try to realize that it's for our benefit. All right, like the Nitziv says in Parshas Bracious, Azer Kinegdo, the greatest Azer that a spouse could be could be Kinegdo. If they're the, they're the only one that can give criticism sometimes, but we have to be able to accept it. And that's the greatest Azer. Azer Kenegdo. Says the Chavetz Chaim, the whole point of the Tochacha is to listen to it and to study it and to realize and look for places where we can improve and not to put the mask on our face and act blindly. 
One more point to finish off. Perach back to the brachas. Pasig Vav, right after Shani. Promises peace in the land, and you will dwell and you won't be scared. I will get rid of all wild animals from the land. And there won't be a sword that passes through. There won't even be other armies that go through your land from one to the other. So I once heard beautiful Kharifus, as you would call it, from Rabbi Isaac Bernstein. It's following on Hishpati Chayaram in Haaretz. On that, and he quoted, I'll mention in a minute, that I will get rid of all Chayos Rose. What does that mean, he'll get rid of, that the Bracha is, there won't be any Chayos Rose in the land. It's a Machlokas. Machlokas in the Medrash. This week's Parsha. Back page. Says the Sifra. Ushchavtem Machrid, lo yirei mi kalbiryam, Hishpati Chayaram in Haaretz. Reb Yehuda Omer, ma'aviram in Haolam. Rabbi Huda says, what does it mean? There won't be wild animals in the land. There won't be lions and tigers anymore. There won't be. That's the bracha. Rabbi Shimon Omer, no. Rabbi Shimon says, they'll be there. Their nature will be changed that they won't be dangerous anymore. There will be lions and tigers and bears. But they won't be dangerous. That's what it means. They'll be there, but they won't do what they won't to do. So Rabbi Huda says... Vishpati Chayara means they won't be there at all. And Rabbi Shimon says, Vishpati Chayara, that they won't do what they generally do, they won't be dangerous anymore. Says the Tzafnes Paneach, says the Ragachever Gaon, there's a Lishitaso. Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda, Lishitaso in another context. Says the Mishnah Mesechus Tzachem, the beginning of the second parrot, Dafchaf Aleph. Left field here, at a left field. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Ein Bir Chametz Alasreifa. Rabbi Huda says, you know how you have to destroy your chametz? You have to burn it. To burn it, that's what we try to do. We, we try to go like Rabbi Huda, that's why we burn our chametz. You destroy your chametz by burning it. No, the chachamim, the chachamim of Rabbi Huda are always Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon said, no, you can just smush it up and throw it to the wind. Lushitaso. Don't those machogos work out beautifully together? What is the... Does any... Parsha to ask those questions, it's right here. Says the Tzafis Panech, says the Ragged Shaver. It says by Chametz that we have a mitzvah of Tashbisu Sa'or Mibateichem. You have to destroy Chametz. What does the verb Hashbasa mean? That's the Machlokas, Reb Shimon and Reb Yehuda. Reb Yehuda says the word Hashbasa means to totally annihilate, destroy, get rid of. That's what Hashbasa means. That's why you have to burn the Chametz. You have to have it not existent in the world. There won't be Chayos Ra'os. That's what Hashbasa is. Hashem will destroy them from the earth. They won't be here. Says Rabbi Shimon, no. Hashbasa means you could destroy them by changing its nature. If you change the nature of what it is, then it's as if it's not here anymore. Hashbasa, if I crumble up the Chametz and I throw it to the wind, it's just crumbs, it's totally changed. It's as if it's, not, it's physically here in a different state, but it's in a different state. It's as if it's not here. That's Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Huda says, no, no, that, that, that it works. They'll be here. They just won't damage. They won't kill. They won't be dangerous anymore. Rabbi Shimon holds, Hashpasa means it could exist. But as long as the nature of it is changed, so then it's as if it's not here. Rabbi Huda says, no, it just can't be here at all. That's the rugged shepherd. But then Rabbi Isaac Bernstein added on Beshain de Lubavitcher Rebbe. I don't know where this was written, but he said there's a third Lashitaso. This one is a little more, got to think a little more about it, but there's a third Lashitaso. There's a famous Machlokas in Hilcha Shabbos. Melacha She'ena Tzricha Lagufa. If I do a Melacha on Shabbos for a different purpose than was done in the Mishkan, let's say I trap an animal, not because I want the animal, but because I don't want it to bite me. I don't want it to bite me. Let's say I. I, I carry something out of my house, not because I want it out over there. I just don't want it in my house. So I do it for a different purpose than what was done in the Mishkan. That's the definition that we'll go with now. So what's the halacha? Rabbi Yehuda holds it doesn't make a difference. Rabbi Yehuda holds you're still chayv. It's an isadar isa. doesn't matter what the purpose is. Rabbi Shimon, and this is the Mishnah right here. You have in the last source. Rabbi Shimon says, right, it's talking about carrying out a dead body from your house. Rabbi Shimon says, no, you're potter in that case. Midar Raisa, Padre is also the Rabbana, but 
It's not an Isidar Isa. That's not Malach on Shabbos. If you do it for a different purpose than what was done in the Mishkan. Says the Lubavitch Rebbe, let's think about this a little deeply. The Torah says by Shabbos, Uvayom Hashvi'i, Tishbos. The same verb. Tishbos. Hashbasa. You have to stop work. What happens if I do an act, but it's totally different? I change the nature of it. Is that good enough to not be considered, to be considered not here? Rabbi Shimon says, all you got to do is to change the nature of the act. And in that way, it's as if it's not here. It's not the malacha according to the Torah because you changed it. Just like you could just crumple up chametz and change the nature of chametz and you fulfill tashbisu. Just like you can, Hashem changes the nature of the wild animals. So too, if I change the nature of the act that I'm doing, the purpose, so I'm not violating daraisa. Says Rabbi Yehuda, no. Hashbasa means it cannot exist. The animals won't exist. The chametz doesn't exist. The act cannot exist. You could try to play around, change whatever you want. If it's here... You're chayif, because that, that's not a uh, that's not a fulfillment of avoyama tishbos. So three machlokos between Rav Shimon and Rav Yehuda about about this um, about how do you look at the word hashbasa? And I just heard this week I was telling one of my chaverim in uh, about this machlokos, and they mentioned Mishim Rav Yamir from Shalavim that he once gave a shear that Rav Shimon throughout shots against Rav Yehuda. Rav Shimon is Rav Shimon by Yechai, right? This week Lagba Omer. Right, Rav Shimon always looks to the panemius of items. That's Rav Shimon Lashitaso throughout. He quoted many examples. Not for now. Rav Shimon many times looks in, inside. He looks to the panemius of items. Rav Yehud is more of a surface, external view. So that fits in very nicely to this idea. Rav Shimon, if he changed the nature of it, it's, it's not there. It's different. He looks to the panemius of what's inside. Rav Yehud, what's in front of you? It's what is in what's in front of you. So you got to look at other machlokos throughout Shas to fit it in, but this is Hishpati Chayera, we daven that all the brachas come true of the, uh, right, we focus on the Tochacha, but you also have many brachas in this week's parsha. Hishpati Chayera, and especially Vishaftim Levetach Ba'artzachem, that's a bracha that Beshem we daven for each and every day.